1: Some of you may remember that a couple of weeks ago uh, there were some allegations that came out that there was currency manipulation of the RAND, uh, particularly the currency pair, the RAND, against the dollar, and there were more than 20 banks that were named or mentioned uh, as having been part of that, and there was a competition commission uh, investigation that went into that. Uh, There's since subsequently been a couple of developments in that space, and those developments have uh, come in the form of a judgment by uh, the competition uh, appeal court to recently uh, around that and we're taking a look at how that judgment now affects the claims that were being made previously around the currency manipulation allegations. I'm joined on the line by a uh, professor at the Gordon Institute for Business Science, that's Professor Adrian Saville, to take a look at this. Uh, good evening, Professor Seville always a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, let's start with the judgment itself. Uh, what does the judgment mean uh, for the case and what we know about the allegations that were brought forward and that were investigated. Is everything over? Mm. So, unfortunately,
0: I think uh, that is one of the, uh, well, I'll use the word again, unfortunate uh, outcomes is there have been allegations made. But what the judgment finds is that uh, in instances, the court didn't have uh, jurisdiction. And uh, perhaps even more importantly, the overarching theme uh, is that there wasn 't sufficient evidence uh, to make these allegations, um, and so you 've got these claims having been uh, made or asserted, but uh, you 're unable to run the process because the evidence hasn 't been established, and even if it has beyond that, there are places where um, the court simply didn 't have jurisdiction the commission didn 't have jurisdiction, and so you know, that leaves us with a very an empty uh, result, we we don't quite know you know, what the what the full uh, ground or basis is because the evidence is incomplete or insufficient, and uh, and that leaves us a little bit. Uh, in no man's land, which is a very, very unfortunate result, especially given the importance um, of having integrity and institutional robustness um, and confidence in financial systems and markets.
1: Prof. Saville, whose responsibility uh, is it then to look into the matter or to investigate? Who has the authority to do so? Are we now looking towards the Reserve Bank? Are we now looking towards the FSCA? Who then bears the responsibility if the the Appeal Court has now ruled that the Commission had no authority uh, in this regard. Where does the authority sit um, so
0: you know when we're talking about authority in terms of this judgment, my understanding is that this is outside um of the uh, of the scope or the jurisdiction of South African authorities. That's my understanding of the reading. Um, beyond that, even if it were inside of uh, jurisdiction, it remains the case that the finding points to lack of, uh, lack of evidence, lack of um, substantiating grounds to make, these, uh, to make these claims. And, you know, that really takes you all the way back to square one and it talks about then the capacity and the capability to bring these claims against the banks, that that capacity and capability simply doesn't exist in the system. And, you know, not to put too fine a point on this, but, you know, I think it shouldn't be lost, that these are incredibly complex uh, matters. And amongst other things, what you're trying to establish here is uh, that there are more than 20 banks, as you noted in the intro more than 20 banks um, that are um, allegedly acting in concert. That's an incredibly complex um, matter to try and, uh, to try and prosecute.
1: Possible. Well, we know that from an evidence point of view, uh, the judgment rules that there was insufficient evidence, but it cannot be mm. discounted that this situation did not occur. Otherwise, why else would yeah. some of the banks have pled guilty?
0: Well, you know, it's not all of the banks that uh, have, have pled Absolutely. guilty. There's been, yeah, um, so just to be clear on that, but, you know, if you could, you know, this this is the problem with making, you know, allegations. We simply don't know. We don't have enough evidence. We don't have the basis for saying with any degree of certainty, and what the court is saying is that they don't have sufficient evidence to try the matter, Um so it's it's not that you know we've seen the evidence we don't believe the evidence or we've seen the evidence and we've arrived at this outcome they're saying we don't have sufficient evidence to go into the matter um and you know, that's one perspective to bring another perspective that you could bring. And I think it's your, you know, you sort of inferring it is, well, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm. There's another legal principle, which also says that, you know, innocent uh, until proven guilty. Um, so there's a whole matter of, you know, jurisprudence and the philosophy of law uh, around this. What, you know, And that's where you know, I started by saying, I think that this is a very unfortunate outcome because you don't have the necessary evidence to go through the trial to go through the process and to come to a ruling which is yes this happened or no it didn't instead it's we don't have the evidence you need to go away
1: Prosvil, what does this mean for where we stand now? Where to from here? So the the commission itself hasn't got the jurisdiction to continue investigating, so to continue gathering the evidence. There are five banks that are not completely absolved out of the twenty-eight. That those are the banks that may have uh, pled guilty uh, in the past, the likes of Standard Chartered um, and Citibank. And then there's obviously a a bank like Investec that didn't respond uh, to this at all, uh, which doesn't necessarily put them in the clear, but it doesn't. It also doesn't make them guilty or complicit in any way. Where Mm. do we go from here for the banks that have admitted guilt um, and also for this investigation? Do we need someone else to put together an investigating team? I, I mean, I know from an external point of view, the SEC has been involved in this. Uh, the settlement with Citibank, I believe, was through the SEC in the USA. Um, does this mm-hmm. mean that it needs to be an interagency collaboration between the SEC and the FSCA? Um, what options can be explored? So, you know, that's
0: um, certainly beyond my uh, area of expertise. But, you know, I would just infer from reading the judgment that necessarily there 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 are at least two things that need to happen the first is um a, a team needs to be established with the necessary capabilities skills expertise to be able to build the body of evidence um and to then bring that body of evidence uh, into uh, the the legal process and the second is given that there are um a, a, Comments made about, uh, or rulings made about, uh, jurisdiction, that it's also then necessarily um, a uh, multi uh, a multi-party uh, arrangement that would, uh, not arrangement, uh, organisation, you know, would be necessary in order to uh, to conduct the the, the investigation.
1: Well, we'll have to leave it at that. We'll keep an eye on it and see how the uh, story unfolds, what it means for uh, the banks that have or have not been mentioned, um, and how we come back from this, uh, because clearly this uh, could has the potential to also have uh, some Im- impact on uh, things like the gray listing that we went through recently with the Financial Action Task Force, uh, if these allegations uh, do prove uh, to be true uh, in the long run. But we'll leave it at that. Thanks so much, Prof. Uh, that's a Prof. Adrian Seville of Gibbs, that is the Gordon Institute of Business Science, sharing his thoughts on the latest ruling uh, by the Appeal Court, or the Competition Appeal Court or rather, uh, around the currency manipulation allegations that were brought forward uh, before them.